Yo, I'm Will Blackman, and this is Upsets and Underdogs, presented by WinBet. On today's Underdog episode, we'll break down the teams we think are being overlooked as we head into Week 14. The Cowboys are visiting one of the most surprisingly hot teams right now, the Washington football team, the Raiders, who have been going through a rough stretch. They're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, who are on the rise. Uh, ugly wins, great wins, they are winning. And the Seahawks battle the Texans in a match between two teams that are struggling, this could be very interesting from a gambling perspective. Plus, we have something so cool today. Uh, we're going to talk UFC 269, which is happening this weekend. And we have the one and only the legend, the Hall of Famer, George St. Pierre. I am so stoked for this. So you want to stick around. You do not want to miss this. This show is brought to you by WinBet. Week 14 is coming in hot. So there's no better time to get in on the action. Download the WinBet app right now and start winning today. WinBet offers unique markets like NFL yardage leaders, team exact win totals, and a ton more. Plus, new users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1 win $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 bet on almost any sport, right? NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, UFC, boxing, and more. And they're also offering a 200% wager matchup up to $1,500. For all the details on these offers, download WinBet now and set the odds in your favor. Offers subject to change, term and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Back in our home seats. <laughs> Let's break in my dog, Nick Diaz. We're, we're home. We had a quick trip in Vegas. It's, this is so funny. So, um... In in Vegas, like when I got back home, I felt like I was in Vegas for like a week, and I didn't I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't like flyer. I didn't go to like a bunch of clubs or a bunch of places. You know, I sat in my room. I, you know, I did go to Wally's in the cigar lounge, but um, I was just I felt like I was there. And I I'm thinking like maybe because when you go to Vegas, it is literally a completely different world, and I think that's probably why it feels like that. Oh, dude. I mean, lucky for you, you didn't have to worry about no time change. <laughs> when I got back Monday night, I fell asleep at like four in the morning just because I couldn't. I, I didn't listen to you, man. You, you put me on. You, you showed me the blueprint. Stay up late so your body could adjust when you go back. You told me what to do. I didn't pay attention. So I'm still kind of struggling with my sleep schedule right now, Will. It's all good, man. Listen, this I, I I've been fortunate to be a, a jet setter and uh, I played for teams uh, like the Giants where Coach Coughlin did not go to the West Coast a day early. I mean, two days before he went the day before he goes, you just go to sleep and get adjusted, guys. That's just what it is. All right. I'm super pumped to welcome this guest to the show. One of the best to ever enter the octagon, three-time former UFC welterweight champion and middleweight champion and class of 2020 UFC Hall of Famer GSP. George St. Pierre, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing, man? Very fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, so, oh, you know what? I need to ask you this, okay? I saw I saw you on the Dan Libertad show, and you said that NFL players are way more crazier than UFC guys. And you mentioned me because, uh, yes. you know, we, we train together uh, here in California, and you said we're more, and I thought to myself, I'm like, there's no way, but you made a good point. You said because you know what's going on. Especially you, my friend. You're a hell of a crazy guy. <laughs> you you catch the ball, and your, your job was the craziest of all. You catch the ball, you have to run across the field while you have like guys that are twice your size running at you, and they can come from the blind side. This is pretty insane to me. This is this is a different another level of craziness. <laughs> but I'm thinking like, but you can get an elbow, you can get a knee, you can get a fist, you can get all kinds of things. So that's what I thought it was. Uh, I thought that was super maybe, interesting and funny. <laughs> maybe, but I have a referee that can protect me. And also, I only have one guy in front of me. And I see because he's in front of me. You can get hit from the blind side, from the back, from the side, from everywhere. And the guys that's, are twice your side. That's true. No, you're right. I have t I have 10 other guys that can hit me. 11 guys that can hit me. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> So, so GSP. I guess it's a different perspective, right? No, you're 100 correct. So, GSP, this show is called Upsets and Underdogs, right? So, I ask every single guest that comes on the show, 
What is the one moment in your career where you felt like the underdog or somewhere where you had to like bounce back from? Well, I, I, uh, I'm actually, I had a fight when I just, when I first won the, the, the world title, I had a fight against Matt Sarah, where I was a huge favorite, <laughs> probably the most favorite of all time in, in terms of the odds. And the guy that I was fighting, I think it was, were like 11 to 1. And I lost that fight. I got TKO'd. Most humiliating uh, uh, experience of my life. But you know what? I'm glad it happened because it made me stronger. I had to go through it. And I bounced back and made me the fighter that I was uh, after. I, I, I never lost after that. I, uh, I, I, went, I went on a, on a tear, you know? So uh, I, I was, it was a ne very negative experience at first. But when I think about it now and I look back at things, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me for my career. Yeah, exactly. You won a tear and, and never lost. Because when I look at your career, I would say one, like you are my, are my all-time favorite. And that was the loss. And then I, I look at too, I, you know, we actually got to meet after you tore your ACL, um, which I'm sure was a huge uh, situation for you. So, so what was your, because what people don't know is when you have an injury like that, it's way more mental than it is physical to overcome it. So what was that like for you to, that was another adversity you had to deal with. What was that like for you? Yeah, it, it was hard because I had a fight that was scheduled, scheduled like nine months after my surgery for, for a title. Um, so I was in a rush, you know, I couldn't, I didn't really have much time. So, and, and you're right about it's, it is more mental than physical because physically, even though the doctor tells you after six months that you're you're all good, you still have doubt in your mind and you need to test the water and push yourself a little bit further in different situations that you, you, you're still afraid. And it, it's really hard. It's a, it's a really big obstacle to, to, to come and to, to overcome, I mean. Very cool. All right, so let's get into... This weekend, we got UFC 269. This is why we have you here. We want you talking UFC. Uh, the main event, we got Dustin Poirier. He is uh, right now the favorite, even though he's not the champion, versus Charles uh, Oliveira. Like I said, he's the underdog in this fight. Right now, uh, Nick, Dustin's getting a lot of the public betting, right? Why is that? Well, he got two big wins over Connor, and anytime Connor is fighting, he's such a big draw that you're just going to have public money coming in on that fight, regardless of who they're taking. So, him having two wins over Connor, now he's the guy in the Connor role going up against Oliveira. What are your thoughts on this fight, GSP? Well, very often in this game of fighting, people misunderstand, they mistake being the most popular fighter by being the best fighter. It doesn't mean you're the most popular that you're the best fighter. Connor is he's great fighter, but he's no longer the best fighter. He's no longer the champion in his division. Um, this been said, however, it's a very hard fight to choose because we're, we're, we are tempted. I, I, I am tempted to believe that if the fight stay mostly standing up like a kickboxing match, it will favor Poirier. And if the fight goes to a wrestling, more grappling match, it will favor Oliveira. However, both of these guys are very well-rounded. But if you look at the statistic, that's how you need to, to, to go, you know, for, in terms of prediction. You know, logically, if the fight hit the ground or it's more, uh, there's a lot of grappling exchange, it will favor Oliveira. Oliveira is a wizard on the floor with submission. Uh, if it stays standing up, Poirier, if I'm Poirier, I need to, to stay very mobile. I can't stay and plant my feet on the floor. I need to be to be moving because a moving target is, is, is a target that is hard to grab and hard to, to touch. So it's very important that Poirier stay very mobile in, this fight, in that fight. And that's the thing I do like about Dustin is that he's very accurate when he's moving in and out. And like he was able to catch Connor a couple of times in a lot of his opponents. Uh, this, like you said, it is. It's, he's favored 165 so this is a very 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 close fight it can go either way depending on something so i can see these guys coming out being really calculated and super careful knowing those risks um we're not gonna have you pick anybody <laughs> nick and i nick who do you like in this fight 
I want to note that the champion will in the last 25 fights in the UFC, the champion as an underdog has won 18 of those fights. So the underdog champion going into title fights, huge, huge edge. I think I'm going to go with Oliveira on this one for that reason. Also, dude is very technical nothing too wild when he's throwing. And of course, like GSP said, when it hits the ground, he's a amazing, amazing jujitsu black belt. And the grappling is just, I think it's going to be too much for Dustin. Like you said, stay out of the emotion. I, I love watching Dustin, you know, his whole, his whole career, but I like Charles on this one too. All right, let's get to the co-main event. Amanda Nunez. She is a massive uh, favorite versus uh, Juliana Pena. Uh, at this point, it's kind of like GSP. It's like not if she's going to win, it's like how she's going to win, right? At this point for Amanda Nunez, I think she is absolutely outstanding. No question about it. How do you think she wins in this fight? Or do you well, think well, Juliana Pena has a chance? You have to be careful now. Victory and success is the thing in the fight game that weakens you the most. Right. When you're on top of the mountain and you seem untouchable, and we know uh, Amanda Nunes is the greatest fighter, female fighter, fighter that ever ever fought. However, she her life has changed since then. Is she is she still in her prime or is she on the decline? We don't know. I mean, if you look at the the, the past performance, what I'm saying is, when someone seems invincible. That's when it's he is at his most dangerous point. I'm not saying she's gonna lose. Statistically, if you look at the odds, she's supposed to be the favorite, favor and highly favorite favorite. However, don't count out uh, Pena. You know she can surprise everybody. And in the past, she was able to bring the fight to the ground and and put all of uh, almost all of her opponent down. So it's uh, it could be a very dangerous fight for uh, Amanda Nunes. It's a, that's a that's a really good point because right when Amanda has she has done everything, so it's like you know what else is there left? And I feel like that's the that's the hardest thing for one of the greats or a champion is like well how else she gonna get motivated? You know that's why you know like I love watching boxing or you know like canelo because someone's always talking trash to canelo so now he has like a he's like okay now i have motivation or when usain bolt didn't feel like training and then a couple of sprinters were like ah he's just scared to run against us now he was motivated and i don't and right now it can be dangerous because like you said if if they don't have the motivation anymore it can be a a tough situation sometimes it could also be a good strategy you want to put your the champion to sleep you don't want him to be worried about you. You want him to to cut corners and you know to to not train and not prepare like she's supposed to be. I don't know if she's gonna fall into that trap, but just saying it's don't count Pena, Pena out. It's uh, it would be a big mistake. And and I'm under the impression that a lot of people that bet money on fights, it would be worth it for someone who's ready to play and and just you know lose it to risk it to put money on this one because if you if you if she's that much of a big favorite if if you if if the result is that she lose that fight you you make a, a lot you know would you say what was your mindset going into that matt sarah fight when you were the huge favorite what was your mindset there well just put it this way it's prep it's it is the only fight that i slept very well the night before <laughs> and I got knocked out. <laughs> so it's so you went back to sleep. Sometimes it's a false feeling of security. And there, there is, you're not in security. There's a guy in front of you or a, a, in that case, a, a woman in front of you, they're going to try to, to, to either knock her, knock her out or, or submit her. So it's a, she's in a very dangerous position right now. She needs to train like, She's fighting the most dangerous opponent, the, the, like it's the biggest fight of her career. She cannot let herself fall, fall into that trap. Right. I feel like in this case, true champions will really try to dumb. Like Kobe Bryant, he would say, if you thought you were, if, you, if I knew you were lesser than me, I would try to 
annihilate you. If you thought you were better than me, I was going to obliterate you. So either way, he was going to deliver the punishment regardless of the opponent. That's despite being all that. I still like Amanda in this fight. Nick, who do you like? <laughs> yeah, I like I like Amanda as well as a huge favorite. But my favorite thing about Juliana is that she's wanted this fight and she's been calling out Amanda Nunez to get this fight. A lot of people, when someone is so invincible, like GSP was saying, you might not want to go and test the waters with them. But Juliana has been clamoring for this. So I'm I'm a little more excited for this fight, Will, than the past couple of Amanda Nunez fights because of that dynamic. But I'm also going with Nunez as well. Very cool. Um, looking at this card, JSP, uh, is there any other fight um, outside of the title fight we should keep an eye on? Well, it's Sean O'Malley. He's like the new, I would say in terms of popularity, he's like the new Conor McGregor. Very right. charismatic. Uh, he gives the fans what the fans want. Want. Uh, he's very, very good. Very accurate. Uh, his timing is fantastic. He, I... I I'm looking forward to see his fight. I think he's going to look very good and um, perhaps a first round uh, finish for him. Um, i like to check out my, my good buddy still fighting, Dominic Cruz. He's still oh, going. <laughs> he's still going. And I think, I think that's just super impressive. And, but I will say this, though. He doesn't fight this long if he did not have that style. You know, he 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 does a good job of not getting hit. You know, that's the biggest thing from him, uh, taking a lot of punishment. A hundred percent is arguably one of the best or maybe the best of all time. I mean, but there is something in the fight game that and, and in sport in general that someone nobody can beat. It's time. Right. And the clock is running. It is running. Is he, is he still in his prime or is on the way down now? I, I my heart is with Dominic Cruz. I, I want to see right. him su succeed and doing well. I'm just I'm just afraid sometimes because guys in this game has the tendency very often to retire too late. Right. And it's not like golf or basketball. You get hit for a living and you take a lot of damage and it's very dangerous. So I really hope Dominic Cruz is on the top of his game still and he's going to look good. Yeah, especially this type of style, like his movement, it reminds me of like Roy Jones was known for, you know, making everybody miss. And then once he started slowing down, getting older, people were catching him, you know, and it was like, OK, you know, he he might want to chill out contending for the fights. Um, Nick, do you have any other questions? No, nah, not really a question, man. I, I just want to show my appreciation to to my MMA go. GSP, you're the guy that got me into the UFC. Uh, I needed to take this chance just to thank you. Great, uh, the, the Dan Hardy fight, the first fight I saw, and now it's become my favorite sport. I know it's kind of frowned upon in this, you know, uh, sports media to say it, but I just had to. I haven't had a chance to ever thank you. So thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank so, you. Uh, GSP, you're you're involved in a lot of things since uh since retiring, man. Like, what, anything you want to promote or let people know what's going on right now with you? I, you're all over the place. You're traveling as we speak. Yes, I'm helping a few guys actually that are uh, going to compete. One is gonna fight for a world title in Asia in an organization called One. So uh, I'm I'm about I'm going right now in a in a in a, in an hour to spar with him. So I'm still in. <laughs> I still get it. I just I like to train i just don't like to uh to compete you know like right now my my days of trying to prove that i'm the strongest man in the world is over <laughs> right do you do you feel like you're doing this because you feel like it's your do you feel like it's your duty to like spread the knowledge since you played at such a high you compete at such a high level like right now i have i'm actually meeting you know a college football kid today uh because people want me to meet with him and talk to him and i will like man i played 12 years and I feel like it is my duty to like serve the next generation. Do you, is that how you feel? A hundred percent. And in sport, if you look at performances, it always get better over time. I mean, fighting is a very subjective American football. Same thing. You can always argue that this guy is better, was better than this guy and vice versa. Like Tyson was better than Ali or vice versa because it's a subjective sport. But if you look at, for example, the hundred meter uh, sprint or uh, Olympic lifting, you can see because we have clear data that as time goes on, athletes get better. Maybe the athlete does not actually get better, but performances get better. And the reason why that happened, I believe, is like 
you just like you're doing, you're passing on your knowledge. So the mistake that you have done will not be repeated by the person that you just passed the knowledge. I mean, if he's smart, he's going to listen to you and avoid certain trap. It's the same thing in my sport. Einstein used to say in, the, in science, we stand on the shoulders of giant. And it's true in sport as well. Of course, we have the, te the technology get better, but also the knowledge. The, the knowledge is a weapon in life and, and in sport and war and everything. So because we have the knowledge and we pass down our knowledge, the next generation hopefully will be better than us. My man, that is amazing. Where can, um, where can people find you online? Well, it's George St. Pierre. I, I'm easy. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, whatever you need. I, I, I am just happy. I mean, I have the chance not to do things to, 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 to be and to be involved only with the things that I like. I, I mean, everybody wants more money and this, I do not need money anymore. I have enough to live for the rest of my life and to, to, to make even my family live for the rest of, of my life. If we're smart, I, I mean, unless you, you lose your mind and you start doing crazy stuff. But what I mean is all the things that I'm involved now, now it's things that, my heart is in it, you know, because I really enjoy doing it right. and I believe in the product. So like base block, uh, uh, you know, like all the things True connect the platform, uh, bet 99, all these company have a, a vodka that will soon come out. Uh, oh, beverage. You know me, yeah, I'm, in, yeah, I'm, I'm into I'm the beverage space. I'm involved in different things. We just won the price in London that the, we, we won the gold. So it's, it's an amazing product, but, I'm involved into it. It's a good business. Yeah, we make money, but it's because also I'm 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 glad it's I'm, I'm I have pride to be involved in this, and and I believe in the product. And you don't get hit in the face anymore. So that's exactly, <laughs> yeah. I retire on top and on time. That's the yeah, key you go. This game, GSP man. Honestly, like this is this was. I was so excited for this. I really appreciate it, man. And, um, you know, it was a pleasure, you know, meeting you way back when we trained together with, uh, at Sports Science Lab, man. And it's, it's such an honor. And um, I just wish you the best, my man. You still got to help me out with my uh, with my sprint, my my departure. <laughs> I black. <laughs> Next time I see you. <laughs> All right, my man. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you, bro. Take care, man. So. Just a little housekeeping here. Uh, last episode, because we were so excited to be in the studio in Vegas, we didn't get a chance to recap on how our picks did. So let's quickly uh, refresh ourselves and let's talk about our picks from last week. So my picks against the spread last week were the Ravens, Chiefs, Patriots. Um, I went two and one uh, this week, so I'm 20 and 22 overall. My underdog of the week was Seattle, and that one hit. So overall, I am five and seven on underdogs of the week. My favorite pick of the week was, of course, the Patriots. Did I know they were going to throw three passes? No, but that one hit. So I'm seven to five on my favorite picks of the week. Nick, let's recap yours. We have the same record, 20 and 22. I had the Steelers, Chiefs, and the Bills. My underdog pick making me seven and five on the year where the Pittsburgh Steelers will us two seven weeks of the 13, both our underdogs won. That's impressive, man. If you're just parlaying both our dog picks, make you some money out here. That's it. If That's you're picking, that... if you're picking my favorite picks, however, don't even bother you're not making money <laughs> Three and nine <laughs> on the year with the Buffalo bills. Don't aye, even aye, aye. All right. It's time for, Top dogs. This is where we highlight week 14 underdogs that we feel are most undervalued and have the best chance to win you some cash. So game one, we are in the NFC beast. Everyone calls it the NFC least, but it's the NFC beast. And I say that because every year someone else wins the division. You don't get any repeat champions in this. So it's despite, you know, people making fun or whatever, this is one of the most competitive divisions trying to when you're a team trying to win so 54 percent of the tickets and 75 percent of the money are coming in on washington even though the cowboys are the favorite here uh right now washington is one of the hottest teams uh in the nfl they won four straight 
Uh, they are battling. They're competing. Um, right now, Washington is they're they're back in the race in the NFC East race, and that's kind of like I said, that's just how it's been uh, every year. I think right now, right now, Dallas has a two game lead division uh, lead in the division over Washington, and so this is an interesting game. They do get Demarcus Lawrence back, which is outstanding because Michael Parsons right now is absolutely lighting it up. He's most likely probably going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, he's probably in the conversation for a Defensive Player of the Year as well, too. No question about that. So Washington had a, a, a really cool... Oh, speaking of Washington, this is super cool, right? So obviously, they're, you know Scott Turner is, is there. And so when I was at the airport... I ran into Norv Turner. <laughs> Norv and Nancy Turner. I ran into them too. And it's so funny because everyone has masks on. And I know I know my people. You know what I'm saying? I know what um like faces or whoever. So I knew exactly I knew that was Norv right away when he was checking in and he was with his wife. And then sure enough, Norv had his Super Bowl ring on. And so we're literally like 10 feet from each other. And I'm like, I have to go introduce myself to Coach Turner. Like, why not? You know, and me, I'm pretty, you see me, I'm, I'm so reserved and chill. I don't, I'm not too yeah. high or too low. So I go introduce myself to Coach, uh, Coach Turner. I was like, Coach Turner. I was like, Will Blackman. He goes, Oh, Will. I was like, Yeah, I play. He's like, I know exactly who the hell you are. You don't need to explain anything. So it was cool. And I found out his wife, Nancy, was like really into wine and stuff like that. And it was, it's funny because like he and I in the middle of the airport having like this wizardry like conversation. By the way, Norv said he will come on the show. So we are going to set that up. <laughs> yes. Go. So we'll get that done. And so it was cool because he talked about, you know, the things that they're doing. Well, he talked about, you know, his son, Scott, uh, who's the OC. And so that was fun. But I just if you look at just history. Uh, let's let's say Dak Prescott's history right now. Dak owns Washington. I will say that. Okay, he's seven to one, and the one loss was a weird game. But right now, Dak is seven to one in his career, uh, I believe, against Washington. And I will say, Washington losing Logan Thomas was massive. Uh, I just saw a report; he's out for the year, uh, and it it sucked the way he got injured. Man, he you know. Yannick end up, you know, taking his legs out. I don't think he was taking his legs out to hurt him, but the fact that it just he ended up he ended up hurting him. So that's going to be huge because, you know, I think overall the secondary will match up pretty good uh, versus Washington's. I mean, yeah, Washington's receivers and Logan is a huge piece for uh, Heineke. However, I will say Dallas is going to bring a lot more pressure. Mm-hmm. than what Heineke faced last week, especially with DeMarcus Lawrence coming back. And when Heineke was facing a lot of pressure, he was you know trying to get the ball out, and he was sailing the football a lot in Vegas. Those footballs that get sailed are going to get picked. And so everyone is, is, is loving Washington. Obviously, Vegas has Dallas favored, but I think, I think this game is not – this game could not be close. I would say just the fact that Washington is competing, I can see them covering. So, I mean, I know we'll, we'll get into the betting insights right now, but I know Dallas right now is is um, good against the spread. But I think, and so actually is Washington. So, yeah, what are some betting lines here? So, you're right. Not some only insights. four straight wins for the Washington football team, Will, but four straight covers also. They're a hot team right now. Just like you, when you're reading the ticket and the money, distribution it kind of threw me off when i was looking at it because i thought dallas because america's team saw him on a primetime game beating up on the saints i thought more action would be coming in on them dallas nine and three against the spread however in their last four games after starting so hot they're two and two against the spread so this is a fascinating dynamic in this one yeah i think Dal- i think people are looking at it like okay here comes dallas again you know jerry jones again in the media Talking smack, you know, I think all those things is what's are what is influencing people um, when it comes to that. Well, what do you think of Taylor Heineke? You know what, man? I he's kind of like his backup right now. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Ryan's out right now, but he, that's what he reminds me of. 
he's someone who is he's going to play for a long time mm. because he has that he has that um that na that that thing that you really can't like just teach a player and he has like just that that will to go out there and and try to win he's an emotionally driven player uh you see how like fired up he is he is not afraid he's out there putting everything online and trying to win these games he is not afraid of any opportunity like anytime anytime he plays tampa he's like let's go brady like he's going <laughs> after him straight up and you love that in a quarterback now you do want to see you know some kind of consistency. And I think the fact that how he became the starter in this day and age is like people are so afraid to commit because, you know, now it's, it's, you're getting a lot of more, a lot more young quarterbacks. But right now, I mean, he's, he had one, one 300 yard game this year, I believe. Um, so it's not like, he is the the huge difference now he is mm-hmm. a he is a big difference because it is a quarterback league so he does give you some security someone who doesn't make many mistakes um he's not throwing i mean he he has a couple multiple pick games but um for the most part he's still playing pretty good at football but washington they're they're winning overall like as a good team uh, i would say the biggest the best thing for washington is you know the the play of their running backs. I think their running backs is doing a great job, especially as receivers. Uh, Scary Terry is probably, in my opinion, the most underrated receiver, probably because he's in Washington. I know a lot of people give that award to Tyra Lockett, but I think because Terry is he's a he's number one, he's number one receiver on most teams. Um, so yeah, I, I I like Taylor, but I just I don't know if, if he can be the guy. He is the guy right now, right. <laughs> you know, he is yeah. the guy right now. And I think Washington will need to address things around him. And that's good. This is kind of a situation when I was in Washington, what Scott McClune was trying to do with Kirk Cousins. Scott wasn't really trying to pay Kirk like a gang of money, like what he's making now. I think he wanted to get him somewhere between like, you know, 15, like 17 a year, which is outstanding, but that's not quarterback money. And he wanted to build a really strong team around him, you know? And but and I, I don't I don't blame Kirk like, you know, your worth. Go get it. And he got it. So and I think this could be a situation for for Taylor. I think Taylor is, you know, he can get in a situation where he's probably making, you know, fit, like 17 to 20, maybe 25 range. He could make something like that short term, but enough where Washington could build around him. So I in this game, I like. Dallas to win outright, but I like I do I will say Washington will cover. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I actually though I think Washington wins this game outright. Uh, catching the four points, they're at home, which I like. You mentioned Dak Prescott's record against Washington, dude. His record against the NFC East just across the board is outstanding. Right. Twenty one and six, right? And you always harp on this best way to make the playoffs: take care of business in division. So this might be, though, Will, something where I look back in this part of the show. I'm like, well, man, he's just been dominating them all these years. Like, why didn't it was right there for yeah, me? Yeah, you do, you do want to play the percentage. But right now, I think you're thinking like the guys who are who have the tickets and money. You know, it's like, you're, yeah, in, in that case. But I just feel like they're going to they're going to bring the pressure. You know, they're going to bring the pressure what Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons, and that's going to be a huge uh, factor in this game. All right, game number two, Raiders at Kansas City. Cheese are favored by a lot, minus uh, 9.5, of, the, but 60% of the tickets are coming on the Raiders. 75% of the money are coming in on the Chiefs. Uh, teams, are, I right now, they are going in two different directions. I think we, um, we spoke earlier this year about all the adversity that, the Vegas Raiders are going through and eventually it's going to take a toll on the team emotionally. Um, it, is, it is very, very challenging to come out there every single week with so much stuff going on um, in the organization. And just because, you know, Gruden is not there. Ruggs is, I mean, Ruggs isn't there and Arnett's not there. It doesn't mean like the energy isn't still there. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that can still be lingering or whatever else is going on. Oh, who, whoever, who knows what else is going on in that building? You know what I mean? And so I, that's really, really tough uh, for them as an organization. And then you look at Kansas City where everyone was lighting them up 
earlier this year because they weren't having those impressive wins that we're used to. They're not Mahomes isn't throwing for 500 yards like we're used to. Tyreek isn't going off like we're used to. But part of that stretch, they got some they got some wins. They were ugly, but they got those wins. And now they're kind of looking like they're they're back into form. And what I do see them doing differently is kind of what I've been pounding on the table for for a long time. And that was for them to just methodically take their time and get and go down the field. No more, no more wizardry unless you have to. You know, if you don't, if Mahomes doesn't need to do all kinds of crazy stuff, then there's no need. You know, like last game versus Denver, you know, he was, you know, 15 and 29. He didn't do much. Oh, excuse me. No, yeah, fifteen twenty nine. I believe it was. You don't have to do much. And they won. Mm-hmm. Just keep it simple. Play good football. But I will say this though: Kansas City's defense has stepped up tremendously. That is, oh, yeah. that has been a huge, huge difference for them. Um, yeah, that's that's been huge. And then yeah, a lot of tip passes, and they're picking those footballs off. So, um, what do you see uh, in this game? analysis-wise, and betting insights. Well, it's fascinating that more tickets, public public action is coming in on the Raiders and more of the professional money is coming in on the Chiefs. I think, Will, it has a lot to do with how Kansas City looked in that primetime game. Yeah, they cover the spread. Yeah, they win comfortably. However, the fumble on Kelsey, the... The play by Sorensen. There was a lot of wacky stuff where that game should have been a one-score game. Luckily for me and my parlay out in Vegas, it wasn't a one-score game. But I think that's why we're seeing the money being swung in this direction. Chiefs 6-4 and four against the spread in their last 10 games against the Raiders. The Raiders are struggling against the spread. 1-4 ATS in the last five also correlates to losing four of their last five games as well. Raiders, anytime they go to Arrowhead, will not a good time for them. One and seven in their last eight games. However, they did win last year in Kansas City. Right. So some of their wins, some they had some big uh, wins on the road, though. You know, I think like they they gone into. To Pittsburgh yep. and got it done, right? They've gone into Denver. They've gone into Dallas. And so I think this might be a situation for them as like if they're away from home, you know, they might step up. You know, they go into a hostile environment at our hold at our head stadium, the loudest stadium um, you know, in the NFL. I like I like the Raiders to cover here. I think this gives this might be a situation where it's like we get those type of yards. You know, Derek Carr is about that life. He it, this could this game could be like the Dallas game. It could be just mm-hmm. like that. Um, Josh uh, Josh Jacobs coming back is huge for them, but I think this could be one of those games where it's just like fireworks. But I do like the Raiders to cover in this game. Man, I'm on the fence here, but I think I'm going to lean to the Chiefs. Uh, I don't want to say that they're fully back. But I do like how well their defense is playing. No Waller, no Kenyon Drake now who broke his ankle. Right. And I think the Chiefs just do what they got to do. They're running the ball a lot more now too. CEH coming back has really opened some things up for them. It's still the Kelsey. It's still the Hill show. We know about that. I would like to see another guy emerge in that offense. Maybe it's the running back. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs laying the nine and a half points. All right. I'm going to toss game three to you. Okay. Talk to us. (laughs) So we got 61% of the tickets and 79% of the money coming in on the Seattle Seahawks, who are seven and a half point favorites going into Houston to play the Texans. Yes. Now, is (laughs) the reason why you threw this to me, is it because of your new favorite term in sports betting? No, my favorite term is still parlay, but the sandwich bet is super there cool. We go. I was so Let's excited go. to, to um, I love teaching people about the sandwich bet. And yes, this is a sandwich game for the Seahawks. And for those who don't know what a sandwich game is, a sandwich game is where you have a meaningful game and then in between you have two meaningful three you have two meaningful games. In between those meaningful games, you have one where it 
you kind of look like, hey, you know, that's, that's a that's a game where we could win easily, but you're looking ahead. So, for example, the Seattle Seahawks just played the 49ers, the division opponent, the division rival. This week they have the Texans. Next week they have the Rams. So this is a game where it's like, you know, they could overlook, be a letdown, or, you know, you may think like they're just going to blow them out. But this could be a game where it's like, you know, ten, uh, the, te- the Texans could sneak up and get something done. So that's the sandwich game. That's what I learned about it. Um, Russ is back. I will say that. And mm-hmm. I was excited to see that DK Metcalf got a lot of targets, which as he should, he is an absolute machine and you throw him the football. That's what you do. You throw him the football. Um, they, they lose Jamal Adams, which is huge. It's, it's huge because he is, you know, the, the type of player he is, the, the skillful, the skilled player he is. I will say this though. I think this will allow Ken Norton to kind of simplify what he's doing. I think they did a lot to highlight his skill set, you know, put him in, putting him in the box, making him blitz a lot, putting him in areas. But I think this will allow him to play kind of a more simplified defensive game plan and just leaving Quadre Diggs in the post, who's picking everything off in the middle of the field. Um, I don't know, man. This, even though it's a sandwich game, I think I, I think this game is not going to be close. I think Seattle goes down there and just, just lights up the Texans. Um, right now... As the Texans have been dealing with the past few years, they're having quarterback issues. Um, Tyrod ends up injuring a ligament in his wrist. Uh, They're still trying to figure out what's going on there. And if they don't know what's going to happen at quarterback, I think think Seattle goes down there and just goes berserk. Yeah. I feel like this sandwich spot, it it fits the criteria, Will, of what we've been describing Mm. all season. However... Not all circumstances are the same. Seattle now, they don't have the luxury at four and eight to look over anyone. Exactly. So if they were eight and four, maybe both of us are laying some money on the Texans. However, in this scenario, I'm a little hesitant. My favorite term, sort of pursue a caution because they can't look ahead. They need to win out to have any hopes at the playoffs. Right. They, need, they have to go nine and eight. And the Texans shut out at home last week. Seahawks coming off a division win. This is usually a situation where when a team gets shut out, very rarely do they lay another egg the week after. I am going to take the Texans in this one. That's seven and a half. Seattle will never really plays normal games. It always comes down to the wire. So I think that's that hook. That point five, the seven and a half, is why I like the Texans in this spot. Now I will say this though, for those looking at some props, every year you get that one random Adrian Peterson breakout game. Seattle's going to Houston, where Adrian Peterson lives. <laughs> I love these going back to the crib. You, you, you might, you might get some action from AP. Just let you know. Okay. So just be on alert. This might be the Adrian Peterson game where he, you know, he, maybe he, maybe he doesn't have a hundred yards rushing. Maybe he does. Maybe he has two TDs. Maybe he has that one random old school 60 yard run, 50 yard run. He's going to pop something this week, some kind of run. So just be on alert for that. All right, you can find the rest of this week's lines on the WinBet app. All right, it's time for Win Will Blackman's Money. All right, first, let's welcome the OS of the Stay Hot Podcast back to the show. Theo, what's the word? What's good? How you doing? How's school? How's life? It's good. It's all good this week. I'm done with finals. I won a lot of your money this week, so <laughs> I'm, I'm at the top of the mountain right now. This is probably the best you've seen me. All right, so just to recap for any new listeners and viewers, Theo is new to the gambling scene. Lamb and I are trying to help him out. 
So every week until the end of the football season, I am giving him $100 to bet with on the WinBet app. He has to use all $100. He has to make at least two wagers, a parlay of at least three legs, and a bet that includes a non-football sport. So, Theo, you, like you mentioned, you had a pretty good week. Let's talk about wager one. You, your three-leg parlay, you put down 25 bucks here. You took the over on total points for the Chargers Bengals, which was a 49.5 and, um, and minus 110. And you took the Bucks money line over the Falcons at minus 525. And you took the under. For Jacksonville's points scored against the Rams, which was 17 points at minus 115. So all of these hit. You won 106 off your 25. Well done. We need some music. There you go. There you go. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Th- these were actually like legit, well thought out gambling like moves here. Um, Chargers Bengals. I mean, you got two quarterbacks that are just aren't afraid to throw the ball down the field, and like that's kind of it's almost like. Um, how can I say this? I look at Justin Herbert like, you know, like a a crazy man, like at a bar, like I want to fight everybody. Like, let's go. Like, we're not going to do this conservatively. Like, let's just have a straight up brawl. And that's how he plays football. Just when he gets his feet set, he's slinging the football. And then in terms of Falcons, we mentioned like they just can't do anything on offense. So I, that was that was interesting, too. So I, I like all this. I like all this. This was good. Yeah, I mean it won, so I hope <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but it was a good win, though. It wasn't like one was yeah. surprising. This was like really well thought of. Nick, what do you think about this? No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, anytime you take a big favorite like the Bucks, it, it would be devastating if you lose as a minus five twenty five favorite. Uh, love that point total. I was on that as well. The forty nine and a half. I thought that game had fireworks from the beginning. And you just love these team total unders, man. I think you hit it on the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. Uh, nice. Because I thought the Rams were going to bounce back, too. Rams are one of my favorite bets of the week. They were a 14-point favorite, I believe, just because coming off those losing streak, that losing streak, now you got the Jaguars, too. Got to get right, and that's what you saw. Yeah, the Jaguars haven't put up over 17 points in forever. I just didn't see it happening. <laughs> I didn't see since, them getting since right. Since the quadfecta that happened in 2013, which, Theo, you will learn more and more about as we do the show. All right. I'm sure. Wager two. Uh, you're on the win was a two-leg parlay. You took the Pats to beat the spread against the Bills. Uh, they were a plus three, and you took the under on total point scored, which was way, way under. <laughs> you put yeah. 15 down and won $52. Uh, this, uh, I need to get into this. We Everybody saw this game and was either yawning or excited. Um, depending on who you were. If you were a nerd, you loved this game. If you were a fan, you probably hated this game. So, But if you were winning money, you loved this game, and that was you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw the flags getting like ripped off the the goalposts right. right before the game and I'm like all right under it is that was a pretty easy thought process the 15 I wasn't originally planning on betting it on um on football I was going to do an NBA bet but when I saw that game I'm like this is just too easy to pass up this is a Bill Belichick Patriots game and the under is going to hit that's just the kind of game like looking at the weather I was like I'm positive that this is going to happen so kind of called an audible there and had to had to get in on that game because I thought that that outcome was pretty clear and such an amateur move on my end I, I I too saw the weather and I ran to the office to grab my computer to lay down I was going to lay down just, just a crazy parlay of like rushes and points and unders and all that stuff and soon as I got a couple of parlays in my computer died no, <laughs> that is amateur. That is amateur. Super amateur. Nick, what you thought? What you think of this? I, I love the undercall. Once you saw the win, I couldn't agree more. And also, like the makeup of the two teams, right? Bills don't really run the ball that well. They want to air it out. You can't right. air it out in those conditions. And New England wants to not throw the ball with Mac Jones. What do you have? Three <laughs> no, attempts? they do not. Three. They, yes, two yeah, completions, nineteen yards. It's like a New York City public school high school offense <laughs> wing in football. Wing T, yes, exactly. Yeah. Wing T, shouts to Wing T. But uh, yeah, man, pretty, pretty solid there. Betting the under in a game like that, which was, you know, Will. A lot of people don't like betting unders because it's boring. But the moment the game starts, you're winning. 
The moment the game stops, you're winning. Exactly. You start as a winner. Yeah. So you're so, hoping for it, field goals. But no one, no one ever wants to watch a 6-3 game. You want to see Chargers, Bengals. You want to see fireworks and touchdowns in fantasy. So shouts to the unders. Yeah, and I don't know if it was Photoshop, but ironically, Bill Belichick, they had him with a um, Navy mask on afterwards, like the Naval <laughs> Academy mask. So I think that was – I, I think he – Huh? I bet that was photoshopped. You think so? be, <laughs> I don't know if Belichick is into the the subtlety throwing shots business. I think he's just in the I think he might be. You'd be surprised. Maybe. You'd be the, surprised. Well, the Bills coach afterwards was like, "Let's not give too much credit to Belichick." I thought that was an interesting quote from him where he was yeah, just kind of is, like, "Which is why not?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they play not give credit to Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. So, here is where you stand. Um, total Blackman Bucks. Uh, you lost 285. You know what? Your total winning bet cost 115. So your total winnings right now stand at 314. Over half of that is from this week alone. Lamb, any last words, Theo, before we go? Any last pieces of advice or anything? Anything. I think. Keep doing what you're doing as far as staying with what you're comfortable with. Those team undertotals seems to be hot for you. So I would just try to stay with those. Don't don't start betting soccer, right? Or hockey, things that you might not be familiar with. I think just stay to the roofs. Build up the bankroll and then we get a little wild. Sounds good. I have one question. Betting live spreads. I bet one this week on the NBA. The 76ers were up by five at halftime, and the spread for the game was seven and a half. And with the Hornets so injured, I thought that the Sixers might pull away, so I bet that spread. Um, And it did not hit. Do you you subscribe to live betting at all, or do you think that's just too unpredictable? No, I love it, especially if you have some sort of idea of injury reports or you see guys leaving the game early. Or one thing that I really like to do, Will, is let's take a look at like this week, for example, in the NFL, right? Say the Raiders, who are a 10-point underdog, jump out to a 10-0 lead. And it's it's one of those fluky scenarios, right? Like Mahomes fumbled, and then there's a muffed punt, right. and things just all went sideways. Oh, I'm hammering the Chiefs in gaming against the spread because then the value sort of goes in your favor because from a 10-point favorite, now they're probably a three-point favorite the rest of the way. So that's something that, that's a whole nother animal too, the live in-game betting. But that's kind of the things I like looking at. The start of the game point spread, and then when you want to bet them, what is it there? All right, maybe I'll try to hit one of those this week. Uh, but yeah, that's that was my only question on what your philosophy with those were. See, that I love this organic conversation, learning. Look at you, Nick, sound like a, gambling professor you <laughs> true whatever tutor. it is you teacher yeah so all right theo uh best of luck on your next round of bets and hopefully you have some massive profits this week and we'll catch you next time yeah thank you i always appreciate it see you next time this show was brought to you by WinBet. we've wrapped up week 13 of the nfl season so what are you waiting for Download the WinBet app and start winning today. Plus, new users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1, win $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 bet on almost any sport. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, UFC, boxing, and more. And they're also offering a 200% wager matchup up to $1,500. So, Lamb, I need to ask you, do you see anything on the WinBet app you like this week? Yeah, something in our conversation with... GSP before about Sean O'Malley will and we always talk about in the UFC anytime you have a big favorite minus 300 is Sean O'Malley to win the fight how do we get some value how do we get some odds in our favor he mentioned the first round TKO Sean O'Malley Sugar Sean he likes putting on a show wants to get the bonus first round finish Uh by Sean O'Malley plus 260 i like so that. instead of minus 130 we get plus 260 kind of like that one will i do like that i actually see something myself what people don't know about me when it comes to english premier league yes i am 
a Watford fan. And every time I say that, everyone was like, why? That is like, that, yo, it is crazy. It's how anybody I say Watford, they're like, why? Why are you That's a Watford That's what I fan? told you too. No, you did. Yeah, exactly. And I got to tell the whole story. Uh, they go against Brentford, which actually I lived, when I was in London, I lived in Brentford. Literally, I can throw a rock at, to Brentford Stadium. So Watford versus my home team, Brentford. Watford, they are the underdog in the situation. And I'm going to take them on the money line. So I like that on the win bet app this week. How about that? Plus 260. Not bad. There you go. See, man. So thanks, Lamb, for all the details on the offers we mentioned earlier. So download win bet app now and set the odds into your favor. Offer subject to change. Term and conditions winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state. Win bet is available to you. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Let's get into our favorite segment. It is the underdog pick and the favorite pick of the week. Um, This is where we find the dog we think has the best shot to outright win against their opponent. Win outright. Okay. So let's start with you, Nick. Who is your underdog of the week? I can't believe I'm going back to them after they blew up a crazy <laughs> screenshot life parlay over the weekend, but the Jets are at home against the Saints. I don't like what I see from Taysom Hill. You see, you don't I, like. Don't like. You t- You warned me. You warned me. And he broke listen. his finger. Yeah, so <laughs> dude couldn't throw beforehand. Now you got that injury. It's going to get even worse. So I like the Jets on the money line plus 220. Ha, huh, that is very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, this this week, every year this week, I say it's the quad factor week, okay? This is 2013 when the Jacksonville Jaguars went down to Tennessee, actually went up to Tennessee, they went to Nashville, and I had that wonderful blitz off the edge, took the ball from Ryan Fitzpatrick and took it to the crib. Talk to him. Okay, we were, we actually were an eight and a half underdog. And then the line moved to, I think, 12. And we went there and got it done, got Gus Bradley's first win. This week, the Jaguars go to Tennessee. They are a minus nine and a half favorite. I mean, underdog, excuse me, nine and a half underdog. Let's go, Jags. Not the spread. We're going money line. Get it done. Go up there and get get you some hot chicken while you're at it, too. I love some hot chicken from Whiskey Kitchen. That's a shout out and a plug. Not an ad, but maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Whiskey chicken. All right. So now now we're going to make our favorite uh, pick of the week. This is the team out of any team playing that we think is the biggest lock to cover Nick. This game now, Will, is a pick and I don't really understand it because I think they're the better team. I'm going with the Bengals. The Bengals are at home coming off an ugly loss to the Chargers against the San Francisco 49ers. Both teams need to sort of win now mode the rest of the way, uh, especially with how wacky the AFC is, but I don't understand this. I think Cincinnati's the better team. Mitchell might be out with a concussion. Debo's not going to play. Niners are coming in a little hobbled. I like the Bengals to win outright. Yeah, my favorite pick is is still Washington. I think they're my, my favorite uh, pick to cover. Uh, favorite lock. But I, I will say this, though. <clears throat> going back to my underdog pick of the week, Jacksonville, is they're on the road, right? Yes. Now, I will say this week, keep a huge eye out on... The road teams. There is a huge slate of road teams. You got Steelers, right? Going to Minnesota, underdog. You got the Bills going to Tampa, underdog. You got Baltimore going to Cleveland, underdog. You got the Falcons going to Carolina, underdog. And we're talking like three to two and a half points uh, in this area. So if you're if you're feeling if you're feeling frisky, you you, you might you might want to you be you might want to throw down a mean underdog parlay. I'm just saying, 
if you're fi- if you're feeling this week, if you already did your shopping, you got some money left over, man. I think this is, this is the one you can go ahead and get it done. So um, before we finish up, let's quickly recap our picks. I like Washington to cover. I like the Raiders to cover. I think Seattle is going to whoop the Texans. And my underdog of the week are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then my favorite to cover is Washington. Nick, what about yours? I got Washington, the Chiefs, the Texans. We got a little head-to-head there on our last two picks, Will. My underdog are the Jets, plus 220. And my favorite pick are the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, that's it for today's show. Next episode, we will recap how week 14 went down and see how our picks turned out. You can follow me on all socials at Will Blackman. Nick, where can they find you? At Nick Dayas 10 on all social media. And as always, do not forget to subscribe. Throw us a rating and review. And tell your friends. We will catch you next time. Peace out.